I updated my uh, my wheels. Yes, or last week I had uh, crutches, and this week I have a adult knee knee, knee scooter. And um, you know what? If you just want to smile and laugh when you see me on it, I am not offended at all. I've been traveling around just different stores and doing life, and everybody just like smiles at first because they think like, "Wow, he." He's like reliving his childhood on a, like an adult razor, razor scooter. And it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm actually in a cast. And so people can't see it a lot of times when I have pants on. And so I was at a movie last night and people just like, they look and they, they want to laugh. And then they're like, okay, we can't laugh at the guy. And I'm just kind of smiling myself like, yeah. For those that you don't know, I, I tore my Achilles tendon uh, last week. And so I'm adjusting the life with, with one leg and this little scooter. Um... I need to name it, so if you guys have any suggestions, go ahead and have a little survey. Um, but recovery is going to be about six weeks in this cast, and so while I'm in the cast, I'm just figuring out how to, to get uh, to the places I, I need to go. Usually I stand when I speak, but hence the injury, I'm, I'm sitting. But really glad that you guys are, are here to, to join us this morning uh, at Church in the Valley. It's a pleasure to have all of you here. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called The Working Life, and we're just kind of looking head-on at this issue of work and this reality of life that most of us uh, experience and we face. And if you have a job, you probably have heard some things that have been very relevant to your life, but it's not just for people who necessarily work at a job, it's also for us in family life uh, and school life, and really every aspect of the things that we handle in life where we have responsibilities, that, that's actually work, work are our, the responsibilities we have in life. And so uh, here at Church in the Valley, we're always looking at the things that we face in life and then what does God have to say about that? And we use the scriptures as our guide. And really, the way God views life, uh, we, we want to adopt it. And what we find a lot of times in life is that to adopt God's view of things and His ways means that we really have to kind of challenge our own views and, and our own ways. And it's the same as we deal with work, the reality of work. And we, we kind of started really looking at the idea that work is something that we didn't just create ourselves. Like we just decided, like, let's just do something. It actually comes from God himself. Uh, he created us to be workers. So when we work and when we handle our responsibilities in a way that pleases God, he's actually in that uh, because it, it's from him. And then last week, we kind of looked at the, the quality of work that we're supposed to have, the kind that's actually with our, our whole heart. Not just trying to cut corners, not just try to do the easy thing, but actually kind of pour ourselves into our work. And there's actually meaning that comes from that because, again, work is from God. And so when we do it and we work hard, we can actually find a lot of our purpose in life. Uh, It's not the only thing, but it definitely is something that we can miss out on if we don't really take opportunity to do what God says in this arena. But any series you talk about work, you can't talk about or you have to talk about, I should say, the idea of, of authority. Because most of the time, our issues in work, we're either a boss or we're under a boss. And many of the problems we face come from that person in our life. And we have different views of, of authority and bosses. And you probably have distinct memories, I know I do, of like maybe the best boss that you've ever had. And this best boss just they really treated you in a way and they created this work environment that was really enjoyable and you really got into your work. Or the opposite may be true. 
you may be just remembering this idea of the worst boss you've ever had. And it seemed like they were out to get you. And they created an environment that was not conducive to you being able to do what you wanted to do or to work in the way that you wanted to work. And you just you, you feel that just tension. And so whether you've had good bosses or bad bosses, there's a sense of this area is, is really relevant to us. I was thinking about it, too. You know, there's a lot of words that we use uh, for a boss, like a boss is, is one of them. Um, head honcho, queen bee, top dog, the man. And I have a theory about life. If you have like more than two nicknames about something, it's, it's important. I just decided that's the case. If there's more than one phrase you use to define it. There's got to be something to that. And it's true. We have these kind of slang words for the boss because it's something that we just talk about all the time. And so you can use multiple words and people kind of know who you're talking about. Uh, there's also kind of this, this wave in culture related to authority that really shapes our views as well. And we may have experiences that reinforces the messages that we hear. So in the media, when you see shows about work life or you see people and they're describing work and how it goes for them, uh, there's a lot of attitudes you can pick up on about bosses. Hating my boss, ignoring my boss, trying to get away from my boss. I don't know if there's any Office fans here. The Office, that was a great show that ran for a while. And in that show, you have a whole genre of thoughts about bosses and authority. And it's true in most shows. Just kind of see their view of the boss is telling you something about their view of work. Uh, there's a, a song that comes from a, a movie of the same title called Nine to Five with Dolly Parton. And if you've ever seen this movie, it's really a movie centered around uh, these women who have a boss that's terrible and they're just trying to figure out how to make life work in the midst of, of this just terrible boss situation. And uh, Dolly Parton wrote uh, this song that was like the theme of the movie. And I don't know, you know if we have Dolly Parton fans here, but whether or not you're a fan of Dolly, the lyrics here really have some interesting perspectives. So I just want to play that for you because I think this really communicates a lot of views we have about working for a boss. Working You're just a step on the boss's man ladder. You get the sense from the song, and like it's really catchy. And yeah, I, I was singing it Thursday afternoon, kind of in the office singing the song. I'm like, what am I singing? It's terrible. But you get the sense of like the boss is out to get me. It's what the experience is. The boss is out to get me. If, if they have a choice, they're going to try to get me versus then to help me. And this, you know, this shapes a lot of our views. And again, our experiences a lot of times can match this. But what you find is these like sentiments and these attitudes are actually this like vortex in life that just they, they suck you in a certain direction. 
And a lot of times it really leads you to a direction of, of negativity. And a lot of times your view of your boss directly influences your job. I mean, it does. Uh, if you're just in this environment where you feel like the boss is out to get you, you're not very motivated. You don't really want to work hard. A lot of times you, you want to do kind of the minimum possible to, to get by. And what you find is there's just this kind of sentiment that, that we can just get pulled into because of experience, because of the messages, and because our coworkers and everyone in life seems to kind of be saying the same thing related to authority that before we know it, we, we kind of have the same view. And it's really this idea that I just, I just don't want to deal with authority. I just want to be in as many situations possible where I can kind of just do what I want to do. I know for me that that seems a lot more appealing. If I have to choose between somebody that's over me, watching out for me versus just freedom, I go freedom every time, right? It's pretty common for, for most of us. And so there's, there's a lot of kind of implications and things that kind of, kind of spur this. So before we look at the scripture, I just want to talk a little bit more about kind of signs that you know that you're, you're, you're having trouble uh, in this area. Uh, these are kind of the common reasons that, that we resist our boss or we resist authority. Uh, see if these ring true to you. The first is, I don't want to be told what to do. You ever feel that? You ever told what to do? And just by being told what to do, you're like, well, I, frankly, I didn't like that. I know sometimes for me, if I'm told something to do, I, I, don't, I don't really like it. You know how this series we've been looking at memes and memes are like the pictures with a phrase that represent kind of a culture's view of things. Well, here's a meme that kind of represents this. This is the boss. I would let you leave early, but I just thought of 20 random tasks I need you to complete. We don't want to be told what to do and we don't want just meaningless stuff that's going to keep us later than we wanted to be at work. It's true. Second, my idea is better. It's not that necessarily we don't like the boss's ideas. It's just they're not good as, as good as mine. You ever felt that? Just, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I think I need to let you know my idea because it, it, it's just, it's better. There's a meme for that too. Here's your great idea. That's the boss. Takes credit for it and gets promoted. Just share my idea now. He's the one getting credit. There's just something like the boss, he's out, he's out to get me. Third thing, my, my way is easier. So maybe their idea isn't as good, but you know their idea is going to cause more work. It's going to cost more time. And so really doing what they say, it's going to cause the workload to go up more. Responsibilities to grow. Maybe stress is going to increase. And all that kind of goes against what we want, which is I just want the easiest way possible. And then the last is I don't respect my boss. I just don't respect him or her. And we could kind of be in the situation where, you know, I will do what my boss tells me or I'll do what this authority says if this person was respectable or if this person was worth following. But this person, I can't follow this person. I just, I just don't respect them. There's a meme for that too. Bosses be like, you're still coming to work, right? I mean, you got an iPhone. I mean, surely, I mean, but that's kind of, it's very humorous, but that, you know, kind of represents kind of the stream of thought in this area. 
We're, we're in this situation. Our boss is still going to be, come on, show, show us the goods. You got to be here. I don't know about you, but all this stuff really can impact the quality of my work, the attitude of those I'm relating to. All of this, it just, it creates an environment. All this creates a certain environment at work. And it's linked to our view of, of authority, our view of, of the boss. So this stream of thought and the vortex that we get pulled into is actually something that within ourselves it's really hard to counter. And this is why we need God. We need the Lord's help. Because he's good to us and he's gracious to us, he also gives us his scriptures, which the scriptures are really what we need to counter the, the sentiment that just becomes so natural for us. So as we deal with authority and the hardness of doing what somebody else is telling us to do, uh, the scriptures give, gives us some instruction. So that's what I want to kind of look at the rest of the time. How does God give us help to overcome the things that are so natural to us and everyone else seems to have the same views on. That's where we need God's help. We need this countercultural, different thinking. And again and again, the scriptures are this breath of fresh air that bring that into a, a situation. So when you dig into the scriptures, there's this theme related to work that kind of takes it out of the, the sphere of just do it when it makes sense to you or follow authority when it's easy or follow authority when they understand you to really this idea of you, you follow leaders in a way that pleases God. So it's really this idea of you're following and pleasing God. There's a link there. Meaning if you don't follow in a certain way, you actually won't please God. So he's in this area. He's involved. He has views of how we should relate to authority. And there's some backdrop in Scripture related to authority. I'm not going to have a ton of time to go into that. But just like God established work, he also established authority. In Romans 12, you see that no authority has existed except which has been established by God. You ever had that thought to yourself, how did that person get that position? You ever thought that? Usually it's in a situation where you just think the boss is clueless. Just... I think, how are they a boss? You ever think that? They're, they're actually a boss because God made them a boss. Then they just kind of a little tear almost want to roll down your cheek. <laughs> what? I can't, no, not. I know God doesn't sleep. Did he miss that one? In Scripture, there's this line, like, if authority exists, God established it. It could be for a variety of reasons. Not all of them are good. But it didn't slip his hand. It didn't slip his watch. He, he sees it. So there's this idea that, you know, authority, just like work, is something that, that comes from God. And so we have, to, we have to actually relate to authority in a way that pleases him. Last week, we looked at a scripture in Ephesians that talked about the relationship between slaves and masters. And... We don't have slavery in this country, thank God, and it was abolished. But in our working relationship, we, we do have a contract to work. And so oftentimes in the New Testament, as they're talking about slaves and masters, there's a description here of an agreement of work. And so we can actually learn a lot from the principles 
that the scriptures were written to, to slaves at the time. One third of kind of people in the New Testament time were slaves. That's a pretty big population. And so the writers of the New Testament really wanted to help Christians that were free, Christians that were slaves, to kind of get the sense of how, how do we handle the things that we have in our life, our responsibilities in a way that pleases him. So if you read this, there's a part that just, well, I'm not, I know sometimes in work it's a grind, but I'm not a slave here and I don't have a master. I want you to kind of pull out the principles because the principles are really related to the work contract. Okay. And so in Colossians three, I, I mentioned this last week. I want to unpack this a little bit because it has just a lot of really helpful perspective for how to relate to our bosses in a way that will please God. And so it says this slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. So your earthly authority, obey them in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord, not for men. I talked about this last week. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And check this out. It kind of shifts gears. It says, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. He wraps up the thought with anyone who does, does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. So there's some implications here of what it means to please God in this area. The first is, as you have an authority over you, The first part of the scripture is obey your earthly masters in what? In what? Say that again, just to let that just sink in. In what? What? In everything? There's got to be the loophole. Like, what is not in everything? That's the problem. There's no loophole. Now, that begs the question, like, what if my boss is telling me to go kill somebody? Because we always want the loophole. This is under the, the kind of the idea that if your boss is having you do something that's unethical or illegal or a sin against God, God trumps your boss. Okay? God trumps your boss. But most of the time... We can't use God as our trump card. Sorry, I can't do that. God wouldn't want me to do it. Really? Like, you can't make copies? Wrong paper. Right? It's kind of in us. Like, I know in everything, but God wouldn't like that. But there's, not, there's really not the wiggle room here. Unless it's against God and His ways. You obey them in, in everything. And so, part of the way we please God is we're to do everything that we're told to do. I don't know about you, but that that's a little hard to swallow. That's just kind of frustrate anybody. Because again, what's influencing us is like, well, I have ideas too. And and who are they? You ever just feel that's the thing that comes up a lot, just with me sometimes. Who are they? Tell me what to do. Well, they're your boss. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's their role. The role of a leader is to tell people the direction they should go. That's what makes them a leader. So the way we please God is we actually listen to them. Now, this becomes a struggle at an early age. Really, the first authority we have are our parents. Do you know how many times I didn't listen to my parents? If I had them here right now, they could share a ton of stories of that. There were always conversations of, didn't you hear me say? You don't know how many times that started, a conversation. Did you hear me say, that was to me? Your name is Alex, right? Oh, thought it was like hypothetical. So it starts at an early age, like just listening to our parents. We don't really want to do it. And then we go to school. We don't want to listen to our teachers. And so throughout life, we've kind of trained ourselves that we don't really want to listen to authority. Because, you know, I'm an individual. I'm independent. I have my own mind. I have my own will. Why should I be told what to do? This is deep within us. It's deep within our hearts. And so the scriptures just cut right to it. Right smack in the face, obeying everything. That idea of obey actually comes from the Greek word, which is to listen under. Tupakua. That last root, akua, comes from the word acoustics. It's this idea of hearing. There's a certain sound. And so when you obey your leaders in everything, you're listening to the point where you want to hear under their authority. You want to make sure that your ears are clear to hear everything they tell you to do. The picture I get is when authority tells you to do something, you have a notepad and you're writing it down. Because you don't want to miss anything. That's how you obey. Because you can't do what you don't know, and you don't know what you haven't heard. So this idea of listening is crucial. Do you guys have that common scenario where maybe you have a meeting with an authority over you? And it might be with your parents. It could be another family member. It could just be somebody that that has a position over you as a leadership position. And it's to influence you and to lead you. And as they're talking to you, there's all sorts of things going on in your head. It might not even be related to them. It's just things that you need to do. Tasks you need to complete. It might be related to them like, why are you telling me what to do? That's a terrible idea. I don't want to do it. And we don't say that out loud, but that's influencing and impairing the ears we have to hear. And there's sometimes when we hear it, we're just, I just flat out don't want to do it. And so to deal with leadership, it starts kind of first and foremost. Okay, God, this is from you. And second, I need to hear. I need to listen to what the authority over me is telling me. And really what it comes down to is you listen because that's what God's told you to do. And God has given every authority a certain circle of responsibility they have as a leader. And where we get into trouble a lot of times is that circle of responsibility is the leader's circle of responsibility. But oftentimes we want to enter their circle and kind of arrange things in their circle to impact us in a better way. 
But their circle of responsibility is something they handle before God. It's not ours. And the only way we listen is when we realize that their circle of responsibility is something that God has given them to do. And I need to obey and follow in a way that helps my boss be successful. If you did a survey on Monday morning, and I don't necessarily encourage you to do this with your coworkers because they kind of think you're weird, but if you were to just go in the office like, hey, happy Monday, everybody. Really glad it's Monday because we're wholehearted in our work. And the weekend wasn't, you know what? The weekend was too long. I'm ready to be back. I've been learning this at church. I love work. And they're just, get out of my face, you know. Don't do that too early on a Monday. But if you were just asked, like, why are you here at work today? You just did an informal, informal poll. Like, what, why are you here? How many people you think, you know, I'm, I'm here to make my boss successful? You think people would say that? I think most of them would say, I'm, I'm just here just so the boss doesn't know I'm here. Like, I'm here, but as long as I'm under the radar, I'm good. But this idea is, obey them and everything, it's, you really want to do it in a way to make your boss successful. Now, if this kind of just doesn't make sense to you, it, it, it actually kind of shouldn't, because there's just a part of us where it's, it's, it's not normal. And that's why I kind of speak about the breath of fresh air. It's, it's something that God's ways a lot of times aren't normal to our common experience. But that's why we need his help. It just gives us a, another, another view, another way. And so if it's difficulty, the, the passage kind of talks about how to overcome that just in our attitude and in our motivation. And the second part that you see in there is we draw our motivation from the Lord. You actually want to make your boss successful, but that's not your end goal of work. Your end goal is actually to please God himself. You see that in verse 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So sometimes there's a part in us where we want to work for God and we want to, to work for him and want to keep him in our view and we want him to be our motivation. But oftentimes we think like the path to pleasing God and the path to following our boss are two separate paths. This passage is saying is, no, the path to pleasing God and for him being your motivation is most of the time, based on what the previous verse said, comes out of following your boss. We want to please God and find a way to not follow our bosses most of the time. What the scripture is saying is, you please God as you do it. Why? Because you actually aren't just doing it to please your boss. That's not the end goal. Because you're working for the Lord. Not for men. It's the idea of he's the ultimate boss. Boss with a capital B. So when you don't work in a way that helps your lowercase b, your earthly boss, be successful, God's actually saying that there's going to be a problem with that. Because you're supposed to work for him as you look at me. So it's an idea of focus. The boss you focus on. We should be focusing on God as our boss. We work for him. He's our motivation. He's our help. He's our strength. And we're going to follow authority in a way that represents that. And then it, the, the scripture goes on. Verse 24. 
Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So there's this idea of God, God's in this. He sees this. He's taking an account of our attitude. He's taking an account of our work ethic. He's taking account of our responses to authority. Our thoughts about authority. He's involved. And so you can't please God and just not take an account in this area because God is taking an account. So there's this idea of, you know, we work for a higher authority regardless of who our earthly authority is. I don't know if you guys uh, ever gone to, to Costco for like lunch. It's like an experience. And I don't know if they still do, but they served Hebrew national hot dogs, which is a really good hot dog. Well, back in the 70s, Hebrew National Hot Dog came out with a commercial. And this commercial, they're, they're trying to set apart their company from other hot dog companies. I want to watch this and then make a comment about it. Government regulations say we can make our Hebrew National Beef Hot Dogs from frozen beef. We don't. The government says we can use artificial coloring. We don't. They say we can add meat byproducts. We don't. They say we can add non-meat fillers. We can't. We're kosher and have to answer to an even higher authority. They just don't make commercials like that anymore. They just don't. Saying, you know, we're told we're allowed to do this. We don't. Now, there's two kinds of people from watching this commercial. You'll either like further agree that you never want to eat a hot dog again or you're kind of craving one right now. You know what I'm saying? You're not neutral. You're like, those are disgusting. I don't care if they're kosher or not. I hate them. And the other one's like, dude, is Costco open right now? Like, what time? Like, the bottom line, we answer to a higher authority. So they're saying, you know, the boss, the government has put the bar here. But we, we actually want to do something beyond that. We don't want to go around the regulations. We don't want to cut corners. We don't want to cheat. We're actually going to go beyond it. We're going to set our bar higher. Why? Because we answered a higher authority. It's actually a great statement. It's, it's this idea. The company has a view of who their boss is, ultimately. And so this is where you see that our attitude and our view of authority is something that God uses to actually show that, that he's real. Because our level of work and the way we relate to authority should be a light. There should just be something that glows in the way our attitude and our motivation and our work ethic. Christ followers, in fact, should be the hardest workers and the best followers. If this is true, we should be the hardest workers and the best followers. Because our motivation and our power is God. So when I'm struggling with, I don't want to be told what to do, I submit to leadership. I listen under. I try to hear what they're saying because ultimately, I work for God. I want, I want to please Him. He's my motivation. 
He's my strength. And it's kind of connected to that thought in verse 22. We do this out of reverence for the Lord. So every time we're at work and every time we're dealing with authority, we're always keeping God in our mind. Reverence for the Lord. So as we're making decisions, we're like, okay, what does God want me to do in this situation? What would God be happy about in my response? What would God not be happy about in my attitude? I want to keep him in view of my situation here and now. Now, this kind of sounds like, okay, this, I can, I can agree. I, you know, it may take me a while to implement, but I can agree. But then there's those, those difficult bosses, right? There's like the special category where maybe you've had a boss where you're like, I honestly don't know how I would do this. I don't know if you've ever had a, a difficult boss. When I was getting my, my teaching credential... Back in the day, I had to do a student teaching, which is like full-time work for free. And I was in a first grade class, no, second grade classroom. And like, they're kind of young. So already I was like, oh, can they learn? Like, you know, <laughs> like, I really want to know that. And, and I got in a situation and the semester before I taught sixth grade and it was like a strike zone. Like it was awesome. We went to science camp at Catalina. I'm like, this is, this is what educating minds is all about. Let's go scuba diving, you know? And I was all fired up. And then I went to second grade. I was like, oh, and then there's this. And I had a, a student teacher at the time, or no, sorry, the teacher of this classroom I was in was just like opposite of me in every way. And I'm like, man, I, I just... Didn't really like the age of the kids. I loved the kids. I just didn't like their age. <laughs> but I, I really had a difficult time with this teacher. But she was my boss. It was her classroom. It were her students. And there was a situation one day where she wanted me to glue something together. It was like a craft. Craft? Come on. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I got a glue stick and I'm like, gluing things together. It's like two pieces of paper. I can do that. I'm educated. So I have this glue stick and I'm just like putting it together and, you know, making sure it's nice, smoothing it out. She comes over and is like, you're using a glue stick? I had it in my hand. Yeah. Everybody knows you don't use a glue stick on paper. So right then, I was, everybody knows, like, like I, I didn't. <laughs> And so I, I just, I, w- I was just, I was ticked. Well, not everyone knows because I didn't do it. And how was I supposed to know? And she, she just, she approached me in a way that just, it really irritated me. And I, I just, I was ready to be done. And so I, I was fired up. I'm sure I went home and, can you believe she thought everyone? I was just defending myself. And what I realized at that time was God put me in her classroom. He did. And God made her the teacher of that classroom. And it was actually something that he wanted to do to humble me, to train me, to cause me to actually relate to a difficult authority. And so if you've had a difficult boss, 
God's established the difficult boss just like he has the great boss. So sometimes the question is not why did that person become a boss or become my leader, or become an authority, but why am I under them? That's the question. Why am I under this authority? And that's where you can begin to learn. Maybe what God wants to teach you. There's a scripture in 1 Peter 2, which describes how we follow even when the boss is difficult. And I'm going to kind of use this and wrap up, but it says this, 1 Peter 2. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. So all this about looking to your boss, God himself, to motivate you is the same even when your boss is difficult. Whether they say gentle things, helpful things, or harsh things. Whether they're respectable or not. This instruction here is saying that God will use this difficult boss to grow your faith. That's what he does. And you see kind of the backdrop. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. This idea of conscious of God. I'm looking at him. So not only does he want to train me and to squeeze out some of the things that don't please him in difficult times, especially with somebody that may be difficult to relate to. So he's, he's growing me. He's training me. He also uses me to show that I'm, I'm somebody that lives out of a conscious of God. Like God is a factor in my life. So when people are struggling, co-workers with that same boss, but you react and you say words carefully and you choose an attitude that's respectable and respectful to him, there's a sense in which people will notice. They'll take notice that there's something that you're conscious of that they're not. There's a quote I saw on Facebook or somebody shared with me. It says, whenever you complain, you ultimately complain about God. And I think this is really true in this area. Because a complaint is really stem the idea that we don't trust God. We don't trust that he's in control. And so I I just want to encourage you, no matter your work situation right now, even if it's terrible, it may mean that you do need to look for a new job. That would be a better fit. But in that, be careful to just try to get out of that as soon as possible to ease maybe some of the pressure God wants to use to train you. There might be some things that you need to learn in this situation. That if you bail and don't learn it, you're just going to get another boss that will teach it to you. And then another boss. And this, this continues. Over time, I've seen this. The pressure is oftentimes what God uses to teach us the things he wants us to know. And a lot of times it happens in this area of authority. So authority is where we grow. And we become more conscious of God and his relationship and how he gives me the power and the strength to overcome even in in difficulty, even with, with difficult people. 
So I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, and the boss you have, God will use that to grow you. And he will use you as a light in, in your workplace. So that's my prayer for us this morning. As I wrap up, the band's going to come up, and there's some next steps. If you pull out your connection card, we're going to receive our offering uh, in just a moment. I just want to thank all of the people that give to Church in the Valley. Uh, each week, we come and we transform this school into a church, and that couldn't happen without the faithful givers. So I appreciate all of you who, who give to Church in the Valley to push our mission forward. Uh, there's some next steps that you can take uh, that you'll see on uh, your connection card. And go ahead and uh, fill one of those out. Uh, maybe you just want to memorize Colossians 3.23, which I talked about today. Or you just may want to ask God to show you ways that you need to follow uh, the leader over you. So as you consider that, mark that. Uh, we're going to sing a song back to God and then you can uh, put that in the offering basket as that comes by. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the truth of your word, how it really does instruct us. And it gives us just a whole nother view outside of a lot of times what makes sense to us. So God, I pray that you'll continue to help us, to transform us and give us the strength to really choosing to follow in our words and our attitude in a way that, that pleases you. So I just pray for those that are struggling today and just trying to figure out just how to please you in this area. Will you, will you really help them and just give them the sense that, that you're with them and that you are the God that can help and give strength. So I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.